0: Hello and welcome to the final episode of Black Joy Podcast of 2022 with me, Ainsley. For this week, I've decided to take a trip down memory lane to probably one of the most special moments of 2022 for me. That is when I headed down to Seven Dials Playhouse in Leicester Square to record with Anjave Godwin and Doreen Blackstock, both actors starring in the production Foxes, written by Dexter Flanders and put on by Defibrillator Theatre. You know, sitting in front of a microphone talking rubbish every week is one thing doing it in front of a live studio audience is another so i'm just so grateful for the opportunity and i'm actually quite proud of myself so you know here's another chance to listen to it hope you like it and yeah have fun hello everyone welcome to a very special edition of blackboard joy podcast live from seven dials playhouse i am ainsley i'll be your captain for this flight <laughs> Um, I guess a bit about that Bordeaux podcast, we are usually a twosome, today we're a solo act and we're basically a podcast that discusses life, culture, uh, sexuality, all sorts, kind of from the black, queer, male perspective, but we also try to be quite inclusive in the subjects, that subject matter that we cover and the guests that we have as well. Um, I am very, very fortunate to have two wonderful guests. Um, I have Enyebe Godwin and Doreen Blackstock.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And of course, I have a wonderful
2: audience. Thank you.
0: So Doreen and Enyebe are cast members of Foxes. That is a play written by Dexter Flanders. That's that's here until the 11th of June, is that correct? Yes. So, you've done two shows tonight, is that, is that correct? You did a matinee and an evening. So, yes. yeah. I'm, I'm one lucky boy to have you still here. Still <laughs> wanting to talk to anyone, still wanting to process any brain matter. So, I'm really grateful to have you here. Um, with everyone here, I'm really grateful that you've managed to stick around, come mm-hmm. to see, to ho- hopefully uh, partake in the joy, anything like that. So, thank you, thank you everyone. So, with like, having had like a quick chat, well we'll hold some questions for the end is there anything burning questions you want to say you want to add you want to like um contribute then just like stick your hand up make yourself known and we'll do that so before we kind of get into it i think as a way to kind of set the tone maybe we should go around and say like one thing that we're joyful about or one thing that makes us feel joyful we should start with you and your boy. yeah we're talking about in general in general anything could be something of you ate today Probably something you watch, something you listen to, anything that makes you joyful? Um,
3: I would say, went to this Mexican restaurant, so like Pacifico's, just around the corner, opposite like Pineapple, okay. um, with um, two of my friends um, after the matinee, that was just nice, that made me joyful, okay. friends after the matinee
0: So when you say Mexican, yeah. do you mean like Mexico-Mexican, or, or do you mean like, like you know, you know, tex Mex across the border, like some burritos or...
3: I think it's more Mexican.
0: I think it's right, okay. yeah. <laughs> The food that was served was yeah. Okay. Alright, great. And Doreen?
4: I'm joyful about the weather.
0: You just stole you literally stole what I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was about to say the weather. Whenever yeah.
4: the sun is out, I'm just really happy. More mm. happy than I usually am. So yeah, yeah the mm. weather is just great.
0: Yeah, I was literally just about to say this exactly the same thing as you. Whenever the weather like if I'm at forty percent the sunshine being out, the sun being on my skin, brings me up to a 70% every yeah. single time. Yeah, Like, they could have too. told me that, like, I'm getting fired that day. They could have <laughs> yeah. told me anything. But, like, if that sun is shining, I'll be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
4: yeah I'm the same.
0: I yeah. So, most of us have already seen Foxes already. Mm. But for the listeners who might not have watched it, it could, um, you could anyone, like, give us, like, a brief description, like, summary of what the show is, what the show is about? Uh, Yeah, I would say the show is about um,
3: family, Mm -hmm. it's about friendship, and it's about what happens when a change in situation or circumstance occurs, Mm -hmm. and how that kind of affects everyone going forward, and how that's managed without giving too much away.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I guess I should probably say now that I will try to be a bit light on spoilers. But we've all seen it, so, yeah, and there are certainly <laughs> yeah. some scenes from that, from the play that I, want, i want to get into, so, yeah. So, and we'll do our best, but we'll see it, we'll see what happens. So, interestingly enough, um, I have seen Foxes twice now. The first time I watched it was, I went to an event called Black Men Who Brunch, which is the, an event that's organised by Black Men Who Brunch, which is, like, for black queer men. It was like a Sunday afternoon. I was like I was hungover as hell, <laughs> <laughs> and so when we uh, when we sat down to watch it, we were like huddled into a room. I didn't know what we were gonna watch. I didn't know what Foxes was. I didn't know what to expect from the from the play when we were about to watch it. It was a live stream that um, that we okay. saw. All right. When I sat down and um, was like getting through Act One, and I was like, Oh, this is a, you know, like this is a nice play. Like you know, uh, the a man. His girlfriend is just, uh, just pregnant. There's some, like, conflict there because they have Trump, two different religions. She's been kicked out of hell. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is a nice play. Yeah, I can understand. And then in the end of Act One, when, like, is it Leon and Daniel, they kissed, and I was like, oh, right, right, so this is it, you Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I was wondering, if you, have you ever been in, like, anything or done any projects that have kind of, like, dealt with this subject matter before?
4: Oh my God. <laughs> I tell t- Oh, oh goodness, what am I talking about? Um yes. You but have. not, not theatre.
0: Oh, okay, what was the
4: right so um I play I play Eric's mom in sex education.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Like a mic drop moment. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so um, and playing that mother is obviously very different because you know she's more tolerant and accepting, yeah. and even though they go to church, they embrace their son, you know, for being different. And um, so yes, so yeah, it, it, it's I, I have played a character yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but her, whose child has um come
0: out does that mean you know shooty shooty guess what?
1: i do,
4: don't say, don't do, 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 do amazing amazing news that blew my mind and it's so correct yeah you should get it it's going to be beautiful
0: absolutely believe it or not i kn- i can't say no shooty i knew him from before so like many moons ago um we both performed in the same show i was a musician oh. i'm not an actor so um, we did an Edinburgh Fringe Festival, I All think right. in 2011. So that's when he would have been in first year of university. Right. Or maybe like just finishing his first year of university. Okay. And uh, the music director asked me basically like, would you do these two shows in Edinburgh? And that's where, that's where we met. We lived together for like almost a month.
4: What? So, yeah,
0: so we, so we got to know each other. I say new because I think right now, considering, like, how popular, how famous he is, how acclaimed his work is. Yeah. It's, like, one of those situations where, like, I know you, but you don't know me. Yeah, Kind yeah. of, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, when I knew him then, he was... He was actually, like, a, a proper diva, actually, i say, like, yeah, like, 18-year-old. <laughs> he was super confident. Yes. He, um, like, recited, like, lines from, I think it was, like, Devil's proud about me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Gossip Girl. Oh, but, bless like, him. He was always so charming and is always yeah. just super, super talented. So yeah. I'm ecstatic for him yeah, that he got it. But anyway, sorry, back to business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, in um, in Foxes, um, if you could say a bit about like the character that you play, if you start with you and your
3: Yeah, I play a character called Leon. Um, Leon's a bit of a lone wolf. Um, Leon is someone who doesn't wear his heart on his sleeve. Yeah quite secretive and private I think um, an observer mm-hmm. so really wow wow this is but like a bit um, an observer watches doesn't give too much always busting jokes yeah Yeah. Um,
0: but can see people for who they are mm-hmm I see. And Doreen, which character the you?
4: So I play Patricia, the matriarch, the mother of this uh, family. Um, the husband has died, um, I would say about seven years previously, and she's raised her two children. They're doing exceptionally well. Um, and then there is an event that happens and it shatters her world. Um, her religious world, she is a devout Christian, um, she be, she believes in the word, and when she's challenged with this otherness, mm. she's brought to her knees.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Are mm-hmm. we allowed to say what the, what the thing is? I'm not sure, but...
4: Without, I mean, you know, without giving too much away, it, her son comes out. You know, and, um, and she's very different to, as I say, you know, Patricia, uh, uh, sorry, um, Beatrice in, in Sex Ed. She has a very um, interesting <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Re- reaction to it as opposed to a response.
0: Yeah. Um, so what, uh, what I came to see Fox uh, yesterday to kind of get the, get the play in my brain one of the first things that Patricia says in it um, was like she's made a crack that like, oh, people at work keep calling me past. Yes. And that reminded me of my mom so much. <laughs> my mom's name is Jacqueline. And it's Jacqueline and it stays Jacqueline. For people who knows her, know her, she had like, you know, like in Caribbean communities, you, have, a big community. Yeah. you have like a nickname. Yes. Yeah, yes. So if your friend, you can call her Body and that's Broad Leg cause she grew, she grew tall, like yeah. taller than the rest of her siblings. But if you don't know her, it's Jacqueline and Jacqueline only. Yeah. And that was like, when um, Patricia says that, like, oh, everyone keeps calling me Pat, like I'm Pat. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
4: that
0: was like, you're my, you're my mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: I think a lot of people relate to her, you know, um, especially if you're, you know, in, that, in, the, in the, the queer community, you can, you know, and you've ventured, you know, you've been courageous enough to come out. To your family to your parents um a lot of people can relate to patricia and how she responded reacted in this show
0: absolutely um can i just say that i thought you were fantastic thank in you. the show thank you and yeah i thought that though like both of you everyone in the play like it was it's like dramatization it's like something that sort of that dexter evolved that um has been directed been acted, but it really is be in real life and like, I see myself, I've seen myself in situations that really mirror, as like a black dead man, that really mirrors the things that I've seen in Foxes. And I think so. We, if we like, go to the story, we kind of like get to Act One. Um, Daniel, our main character, is living his life. There's kind of like a bombshell where like he kisses his friend Leon, and then from there, that like, when it get when it gets so real. And like you mentioned in the, like in, um, when you're just talking about the scene where he comes out, I think it's probably the most pivotal moment in the whole play Mm. to his mom. And the way it like, you can feel the tension in like, in your, like kind of like in your body, like in your, (laughs) yeah. Oh, and like, what is it like to like do that? Like every day, kind of like get yourself to that point where you need to like give the emotion you need to?
4: For me, um, and for, for most actors, for me, it, it, it literally is being in the moment. Yeah. Every single time I, I do that scene, it's brand new to me. Every single time. So I don't preempt. I don't think about what it could be or how it was yesterday. It is fresh in that moment. So whenever you come to see it, you'll always see a different that scene. It will always be different. Yeah. Because Michael, who plays um, Daniel, gives me different things. Plus, there's a synergy with the audience so it's very different you know in terms of how they react sometimes it's very vocal and you've gotta you know you just gotta wait for that do you know what i mean um and then you you go with that but it's a tough it's a very tough scene to play very tough scene to play um and it's and it's based on my auntie Mm -hmm. who i'm named after whose son is quite well known if after this if you don't know him then google him his name is vernal scott he's a he's a a black gay man he's very active in fact he organized um, um a march called reach out and touch after um i think it was in the late um no it was the early 90s i think and um oh my god our queen our queen who died um Oh my god what's the name i'm every woman oh oh whitney houston whitney houston came yeah. whitney houston came he, oh wow! Well, he say. got whitney houston to come to this event in hyde park and we marched all the way from hyde park to 10 downing street to just um talk about the the inhumanity and the way that people being treated with um hiv so it's a sin was quite similar you know it really reflected what was yeah. going on at that time um, so yeah i got my character from my auntie because my auntie put t- tore out the bible when he came out to his mom my auntie Tore out the Bible, sheets of the Bible, um, Psalms 23, and put it underneath his pillar. He'd wake up, there was, he'd, he'd get out of bed, there was salt on the floor to ward off evil. There would be garlic stuffed in his pillowcase. So that's where I got you know the reference from. Right. And you can read about it in his book called um, God's Other Children.
0: God's Other Children? I
4: think that's what it's called, yeah, God's Other Children. Okay. And it's by Vernal Scott, God's he's my th- cousin.
0: God's Other Children by yeah. Vernal Scott. Yes,
4: I think it's God's Other Children by Vernal Scott.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, that's um, that's a plug. Everyone go out and read God's <laughs> Other Children by Vernal yeah, Scott. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, I guess, so, giving us some context, kind of, makes me know like what like I said like, where I guess you or where Patricia was coming from mm-hmm. when uh, when that theme in particular plays out I think as me as like a black gay man like I think like almost of like, the whole time I've watched it it' almost kind of triggering to see like to see that play out because it's kind of like your worst fears realized mm. like when you come to your mom like the person who is like your protector, who is someone that like that you've relied on for everything that you've ever had in your life, and you commented them from a place of real vulnerability,
4: mm-hmm.
0: and then to have that reaction again, it is yeah, it was tough. Like I, I could yeah, I could I could really really see it and really feel it. Yeah, and one thing like. The, the play, so foxes, it's all it's all done at once. There's no interval. All three acts play out at the same time, mm. and so that really like it. That that means that like all the tension, everything that's built up throughout the play, like it's always there, it's always present because like it's got nowhere else to go. Mm. And think of like the setting, because like I guess where we are for the listeners, um, it's almost like an amphitheater. So everyone's like looking down on us. Mm-hmm. And that kind of like creates a bit more of an intimate atmosphere as well yeah mm-hmm. i'm wondering like how is that like to kind of, like try to do your work through all of that tension and still give us a good performance uh, and the other issue?
3: um i say it's about being in the moment yeah um like we've done the work in rehearsals mm-hmm. and we know we know the truth of the story and the characters yeah So you kind of like we're in a black box for people listening. We're in like a black box studio kind of theater. So um, there's nothing outside. Like you said, everything stays here. Mm -hmm. So you know what you're bringing on stage, you know, the Mm -hmm. energy you feel on stage Mm -hmm. and it is symbiotic with the audience as well. So you know what what the audience might take from it or what you're putting out there. Mm -hmm. And you also feel it back in a way. And it's not to say that it influences your performance, But every night, it's a different energy you're giving and getting mm-hmm. from people, even though you're telling the same story. Yeah, I get that. So it's about kind of just feeling that, but then just being.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah, that's what I say. So your character, Leon, was the one I relate to the most, I think, in the, um, in Foxes. Mm. I mean, like I said, not try to give too much away, but... Um, Leon is like a character who is I'd say kind of like on the DL so that is that uh, basically for anyone who doesn't know means that someone who kind of like lives their life as like a gay or queer person but do it in complete secret and that mirrors like a good portion of my life that I've spent before I managed to pick, pick up the courage and actually come out and be more open with it. I was wondering kind of like Dory, like was there an inspiration that you took for his character or anything anything like that that kind of like informed like your work on stage
3: I would say I think when I first read the play I just understood it in terms yeah. of um, people hide a lot of things because mm-hmm. they might feel ashamed or coming from specific backgrounds um, and then I kind of just started to speak to people that I knew mm-hmm. and even in taking the role and doing the role the first time when it was on at Theatre yeah, 503, people, just people that I knew, just came up to me and, like, yeah, that's, that's accurate. Yeah. That's me. Yes. That's, or I've just not said anything, or I'm not sure. And it just opened up a conversation that maybe if I hadn't taken the role, people wouldn't have felt comfortable. Because, let's say, people's friends, people that I know, do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Who haven't come out or are just figuring out where they're at. Mm-hmm. And I think I started to understand, I just started to speak and yeah. kind of listen mm-hmm. and um, just started to read. And the script does it well. It just tells the story beautifully, and it's so poetic and so colourful where you can understand and see it there.
0: Yeah, as well. Yeah. So with Leon, I think in the play I was watching it, like Leon does a very, very good job of like what, what you say, like patterning it. So mm. he, um, he like what things in his life to make sure that no one can ever know that no one even really mm. even guess yeah. that he had yeah. relationships with men. And that like, I also, when I was on the DL, when I was like, conducting relationships in secret, mm. I tried to do the same thing. Mm. The big difference with me and Leon is that like, Leon could do it and did it quite successfully me i was not fooling anyone with my any straight ass like <laughs> yeah like i used to try and pretend like i was straight Don't so, like, talk about girlfriends i might like, have had and people saw straight through me you know? <laughs> i think with me like it's kind of one of those things that like i've always or, like, I've obviously always been gay and i've never had the skills to like to hide it even when like even when i wanted to even when like it was more advantageous to me to to like not it just it, it, it wasn't going to happen for me. Mm. And I think, yeah, I think one of the things that you do what you get when you grow up is that you just kind of just learn to accept that and learn to take all the things that, like, are bad or are things that you both hide and actually those are strengths mm. that you have. Mm. There was a particular scene, again, with um Daniel that really, really struck me that I wanted to ask you about. Mm. And it's after, so I think it's towards the end of Act Two, and it's after Daniel comes out, he has a really big emotional scene with his mum. And then he comes to, um, to Leon's home, yeah. where they're kind of like having, almost like if you've read any James Baldwin, like a Giovanni's room type yeah. affair. Yeah. And he comes to him and he says, I've come out to my mum. And bear in mind, we saw the scene before saying that, I want you, I want us to be together. And then when Leon hears that, or he can think about is like, am I going to be exposed? Like, it's really from a place of fear. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to actually like commend you, especially for, for for doing that scene, doing the whole role in a way that is like just completely, completely accurate. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I when I watched that scene, I could see that he was coming from a place of fear, mm-hmm. and kind of like it's almost as if like there's something that you want, there's something that's here that you can grab it, but in between that. And where you are, is like a whole minefield, Mm. and that minefield is like people's expectations, people's Mm. judgments, like what's going to happen to me, what's going to happen to everyone else. And when you're in that moment, it's really hard to navigate, like Mm. especially hard to navigate. And you managed to convey those emotions really well, so I wanted to, I really wanted to like say that, make sure that's on record for, for everyone to hear. Thank you very much. Um, I guess another one of the big themes of the play is kind of like religion, mm. and like when um, when I said when I watched it the first time, that's what I thought the whole thing was going to be, and obviously we have uh, like we have Mirva, who is Daniel's uh, Daniel's kind of like partner, who is having mm-hmm. a child, and she's Muslim, mm-hmm. and we have uh, we have Daniel and Patricia and like like family who are Christian as well, mm-hmm. and so there was like almost like a big like like, intersection between, like, religion and culture in the play. So, yeah. I was wondering, like, I don't know, like, if anyone is religious or, I like, do you have any experience that I might speak to, kind of, like, the religious aspect of foxes?
4: Ooh. <laughs> Hot subject. Um, I was raised in the Pentecostal church, so... Yeah. Um... Yeah, so... Uh, uh, am I religious? I... So <laughs> I do I do believe that there is something other than or bigger than us yeah. that I absolutely believe in. I think it's important to have a spiritual relationship with yourself and with the other. Whether you call it Allah, whether you call it Jehovah, whether you call it mm-hmm. God, it doesn't matter. Um, I think that... Um, It's it's a way of human beings, you know, just being able to connect spiritually with everybody else or, you know, from a soul connection. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think it's an accident that no matter what continent you're on, that we all have some language that we speak to something other than, Mm -hmm. you know, bigger than ourselves. I. I love the fellowship of going to um, church, but I do think it's the opium of the people. I do think that it is the, the thing that's used to control us. It's um, used to create and organize and instruct evil. Yeah. You know, whether it's slavery or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I don't subscribe to that. Mm-hmm. So, having been brought up in that religion, um, the Pentecostal region. I did come out of it because at some point I do think there comes a point where you just think, "Oh, that's not right." I, yeah. I don't understand. That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Um, and then you go on to make your choice and you know and and have a spiritual um, life relationship that is your own. Yeah. You know that I think is okay. Yeah. Um, so that's that's my kind of like journey. Mm-hmm. But every now and again, I'm not gonna lie. I will go to church, and it's just great to be in a room full of other people that look like me, mm-hmm. that I feel safe, that I can rage and talk about what's happening to me, the racism, the the just the everything that's you know garnered against me. Yeah, that everyone understands, and there's somebody, you know there's a, a congregation that makes sense, and we have joy and when we sing and. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like fellowship. There's nothing like it. I think it's beautiful, so I make it my own.
0: Yeah, I think that's one of the one of the things why like the church is still so pivotal in our community Mm. because, like you said, it is a space for fellowship and is a space to be with people who are like you, like not not just like to evangelize, but just like as a social space where you can be yourself you yeah. can do people who think the same way as you mm. and you can like you can just for a lot of better but just like express yourself just let everything out yeah. it's kind of just a shame that like with all of that comes like all the religious dogma which keeps ultimately parents raising their children and yeah. um, from them from embracing people uh people or like all kinds of people yeah. and like i remember in foxes like um i think it was both well, Patricia and Dina, the characters who were like mentioning uh, that in the play and it's always like saying that they were raised uh, both by the Christian doctrine and by mm. uh, their departed father that you have to treat everyone equally, you have to treat everyone with love mm. and in my mind I kept thinking there's an asterisk here because mm-hmm. you can only really do that if you are a cisgender heterosexual person mm. and if not then you have to change yourself to be that or, like, try and do that in order to get the grace of God or get the love of God, which yeah. is actually really, really tough, actually. Yeah, really hard.
4: Love is the answer. I mean, you know, it's, I just think that, you know, love is the most powerful drug. And I, and I you know, I think it cuts through all things, you know, um, whether we understand that or not. Patricia definitely understands that. She may live in, she may go on to live in total denial, but she can't deny love. Yeah. She can't, yeah. no matter what form it comes in, whether it's her son, you know, whether it's it's Mira, her granddaughter to be, mm-hmm. you know, Leon that comes around the house or thought. She can't deny all that. It's a feeling. It's mm-hmm. a it's a very strong feeling, you know, and um and I think that it it runs right through. It, it yeah. cuts right through. I know when um, you know my, I'm talking about my, my auntie you know yes b- because when you're talking about religion they just see the sexual act they don't yeah. see the, the love they just see the sexual act it just goes there and stays there mm-hmm. but I think every now and again you know God in, in in you know in the divine way universal way will just go actually love doesn't look just like that love looks like this mm-hmm. You know, love is in the food. Love yeah. is in the caring. Yeah. Love is in, you know, you waking up in the middle of the night, going, did I, did I say that? Did I? Ill? Yeah. Love, you know, speaks in ways that we don't expect, and I think that's yeah. kind of special for the universe yeah. or whatever. You know.
0: I kind of think actually that that has gone into Patricia's character, in um, in Foxy, the way that uh, the way that it plays out in the story. I think that because, like, I'd say that she's quite a complex character, but because mm. like, on the one hand she is like not like, not very, um, not very tolerant. Mm. But on the other hand, you can never say that she doesn't care about both her children, both Dina and Daniel. Mm. She takes in Mira. She is like a really strong, really like really loving kind of like support there, like, there for all of her children, and it's kind of like watching that performance. It kind of like, it makes you realise that your parents, everyone's parents are not perfect. Mm. They make mistakes, they say things that they shouldn't. They're like, they're a product of their environment, essentially. Mm. And it's kind of like, what part of growing up for me and part of like, the coming out experience is realising that your parents kind of did the best they could with what they had. Absolutely,
4: absolutely.
0: And that is shown for sure with with Patricia, so I'd like to say that. Um, I also wanted to give a shout out to Nemide, who is in the audience here. Everyone will here for the Nemide. And, Col- and Colston, who plays Dina, she's, uh, she's here at the side as well. <laughs> I wanted to congratulate both of you on your performances as well. Uh, like Nemide, especially you as Mira. I think um, one of the whole things, like, we've been talking about, like, LGBT issues, we've been talking about, like, being gay from out of the closet, being DL, but, like, you never, like, in the conversation, you never really hear about the people who are, like, caught in the crossfire. Mm-hmm. And that is mere, like, 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, yeah, I mean, you're in the audience, but I'll ask you anyway, like, what was that like for you, kind of, like, playing her? Uh,
5: it was, Really complex. She's a very. It's a very complex part to play. Yeah. Because I think her story could easily kind of get overlooked because this is such an Im- the the story between Leon and Daniel is such an important story that needs to be told. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously what the focus of the play is about, but yeah. Mira's journey and storyline through this play is um really intense like she mm-hmm. she goes through a lot and you know she loses her family because she's a Muslim and she has a child out of wedlock to someone who isn't Muslim then she finds out that the person that she wanted to ha- you know have this family with is gay and he didn't tell her firsthand and she's living in this person's mother's house and he's not even living there so it's like a bit wild mm-hmm. um, but I think it's an important story that needs to be told. And I think that's one of the great things about this play is like, yes, the the main storyline is about Leon and Daniel, but then also interwoven in that is solid storylines of Mm -hmm. like, Trisha and what she goes through and Mira and what she goes through and even Dina and how she supports Daniel through Mm -hmm. his journey as well. I think the way that Dexter has kind of written this play, even though it's about the two male characters, the female characters are written so beautifully to kind of support that storyline and Mm -hmm. make it hit harder Mm -hmm. actually. Because, it, yes, it is a strong storyline in itself, but seeing how then it affects Daniel's mom, Daniel's father, yeah. Daniel's sister, yeah. makes it, has even more of an impact. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah.
0: And you mentioned before that you were saying that it's about like Daniel and it's about Leon, And I guess they're like, the main characters about their love story, but I honestly don't think it's just about them. But no, like, yeah, actually, I think, yeah, like, Obviously he lives, in a, he lives in a world, he lives in a setting and that is, that is, that is ultimately shaped by the people mm. who are around him, shaped by Dina, mm. shaped by uh, Patricia. Mm. So like, they, they colour basically the way that you see things and that really comes through. Um, I also wanted to give a quick shout out to Dina's character who, like, again, she reminds me of like, my cousins who, who knew I was gay. Everyone else who yeah, like yeah, yeah who like, are like I'm trying to hide, and like you ain't fooling me. <laughs> and I think like especially towards the end of the play, when like there's a scene where she's in the room with both Leon and Daniel, she's like, let me just see myself out here, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like she, rem- she reminds me so much of people in my life that I know, and also people that made it so much easier for me to live, to me to live my life and come out and still be like a normal functioning person. So I just might to say that about Dina's character. Mm-hmm. Um, going a bit back to Mira, yeah that's what um, I really liked. and I'm, I'm really happy that it kept in you know, there like a scene that was between Mira and Daniel when she finds out that he's been uh, he's been having an affair basically and that like, we get to see all of her emotions come out. Mm. I think that is like so important for the whole play as, like, as a whole and basically I think that when people come out, because it's, be, it's supposed to be a good news, supposed to be a happy occasion someone accepting themselves, they're living their truth, X, Y, and Z. And like I was saying before, the people caught in the crossfire, they're almost forgotten about. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember, like, when Philip Schofield came out, for instance, mm-hmm. and they've been harboring this, um, like, this secret for years and years and years and years. And then when he finally did come out, like, everyone's happy. And I was always thinking to myself, like, what about his wife?
4: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, like, yes.
0: yeah, like, what does she, what does, like, yes. how, what, how does she feel about all of this? Yes. Uh, yeah, like um, I when it was like coming out when it was on um, this morning, I can't imagine her doing backflips for some reason. Yeah, yes! well, like, yeah, That's so <laughs> right. or having like a ticker tape parade to like yeah. him coming out. I just can't imagine that. And I thought so I think it was hugely important, and I think you did it great justice. So Thank you. yeah, so I wanted to say that. Mm. Um, going, going back to the play in general, Um, I so I watched it with uh, with my partner. And we like, were having conversations, particularly about the way it ends. Like what do you think you've like, play that you've lived it like? What do you think of the way it ends, if I could ask you, Anya? Um, I
3: think, I think endings are hard. Yeah. I absolutely. think endings are hard. I think yeah. everyone knows how they want the story to start. Everyone knows what the big, the reason why the story is being told. This mm-hmm. is for any play, any story, any film, any novel but endings are hard because it's like, there's so many ways in which you could end it. Mm -hmm. But I feel like, um, I kind of understood it when I first read it, but then speaking to Dexter and Mm -hmm. really getting to grips with the story, the character, just knowing that there's no perfect ending. Mm -hmm. So, so many people have lived through the same kind of situation, story, and their endings, they're still living their endings now, they're going different ways, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that was just the base of this is the story mm-hmm. and you can imagine what mm-hmm. could happen, what you'd want to happen, but also what may happen. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of became at peace with that very kind of early on when I understood it, okay. I took a lot of pressure
0: off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What about you, doing?
4: Well, the ending, I think the ending is very real. I think that you know that um, I think that when you get the kind of reaction that you get when you come out in a scene that you witness, that yeah. you know it informs how you're going to live your life. Mm-hmm. You know how you're going to go forward, and um, so I think that the way that the two. You know that that Leon and and Daniel choose to live their lives. I think is very. It's realistic. Yeah. You know, I know men like that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um. And and the mother goes. You know, goes on with her life, um, living in in denial. But she knows the truth. Of course, she knows the truth. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Uh, um. Um. But it seemed, But he's taking. You know, responsibility for his child. Mm-hmm. And. You know, and her children actually are doing very well. Yeah. Know? So um,
2: yeah,
4: she'll she she'll acclimatise to it. She'll get she'll.
0: she'll we hope get. so. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I mean, didn't... she
4: won't be having gay parties anytime soon. But... <laughs> 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 Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like She, me like she, she won't a, be doing yeah, that. She won't
0: be ball She won't be doing like a ball. She will like not in her be home, doing that. So, yeah. No. You
4: know. Yeah. But um, she's the kind of woman who you know will watch sort of like EastEnders and Emmerdale, if there's the, that kind of storyline going on, she's not gonna switch it off. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? This time mm-hmm. she will sit and listen and watch it yeah. and be able to relate and maybe ask, you know, Daniel questions going forward.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Mm. I remember the first time that I watched, I was like, that's the end, like, oh, there's the fine ending. This time round, I agree with both of you that the ending is very real. It's like very, very true to life. And it's kind of like the situation with all the characters that like everybody knows, but it's like this unspoken thing. Mm. And usually that is something like uh, for a lot of queer people that goes on for years, Mm. years and years and years where like everybody knows something about you but nobody wants to say anything. And like, 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 at the end of it, they've kind of like built up kind of like a harmony where everyone can coexist together. Um, Daniel can keep up with his responsibilities and he can conduct his relationship in secret yeah. and everything is, like, fine. But, like, I know from experience that, like, his, the way he has things with Leon, like, at one side and the other, is just not sustainable.
2: Mm.
0: And, like, cause, um, I guess, like, it's a, like, it's really, it's a really odd one because... We always talk about like how lonely the shame of being in the closet, but it's also like it's security as well, isn't it? It's yeah. like it makes you feel safe. It makes you feel the way that you can uh, live out everything that you want to do uh, from the safety of your own home or from mm-hmm. the proverbial closet. But like I said, I know that like that is just not sustainable in the long term. Mm. And like having that information, like watching it as it unfolded towards the end, I was like, I don't, I don't know how to feel. 'cause of like. It did kind of make me feel a little bit sad actually. Yeah. So yeah, thinking yeah. that like I wanna see the, I wanna see foxes in two years' time. I want to mm-hmm. see like what the family picture looks like then. Because mm-hmm. like I can I could like I, said, I know from experience that it just isn't it wouldn't be like that. Mm. No. Yeah. 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 So like I said, like we've had like the most conversation I'd say was probably about like how we felt about the ending and like what yeah, like what we thought like is like are we happy with how it results, were we not? The ending, like it was a great one because it was mm. so real. But then maybe that's why it was because it was like a bit triggering, so to speak. Yeah, from the experience.
4: Yeah.
0: But anyway, yeah, I've been going on for ages, mm. so let's turn to our lovely audience here. Um, mm. If anyone has any questions, any comments for Doreen or Anebe, um yeah. Uh, congratulations, guys! You guys
6: are doing such a great job and telling such an important story. It's, thank, it's you. Awesome thank you. Thank you. Um, my question is There are a lot of intimate moments throughout the play, and I was wondering, as a cast um, with your director as well, how do you keep the rehearsal space kind of safe for you guys, and how do you chore- choreograph those moments?
4: That's an excellent question. I'm going go to go to Anyebi.
3: I'd say a lot of conversations and just understanding, just even in terms of storytelling, and if any of us had done like intimacy on stage before and um one thing that was really great was having an intimacy director which i know before the pandemic wasn't a thing for theater but was a thing for screen um and having a good friendship relationship as well with your co-star your um and just being able to be honest and have like conversations and it would be a closed rehearsal space at times, especially when we were figuring stuff out with intimacy, and then that made it kind of feel like you could then be braver and try different things and whatever. And I think eventually, it just it just just gets into your body. You just kind of you know what you need to do and how you do it, and you also do it respectfully. There was a thing that we did, which was like a tag in, which intimacy director um, really introduced. Robbie, Robbie, and it would be we just like just stand in front of each other, high five, okay, and then you'd copy. So I'd go like that and say, This, my head feels okay, my neck, but we'd just be eye contact while copying each other and we'd both do it. So we knew where and where we couldn't or felt comfortable to touch or if there was an ache or pain that day, and it just builds kind of a lot of Mm. like, yeah, intimacy
0: yeah so, yeah i guess you could build trust between yeah trust i, I think like that's it. the biggest mm. thing trust yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah okay no i've um like i've had a hand up first yeah hi guys um yeah. you guys did so so well like it was such a beautiful beautiful play Thank i just you. wanted to
2: ask there was a part that you referenced back to the title of the play and i was really paying attention i even turned to my friend <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> Wow!
3: Now you're actually asking me if I remember my lines. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that is. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, okay. Now, now I'm really. You I do know it. Really? Yeah. I do know it, but it's just. imagine?
4: It? Oh, yeah. Can you just imagine? Can you imagine what Was that foxes in the night? Fear um, rejection and, the yeah. and yeah, there you go. Yeah, thank <laughs> you, thank oh my you. My mind just...
3: But, yeah, it's... Um... <laughs> I
5: literally just gave you the lines. I know, I know. <laughs> Sorry, my mind just...
3: Because Especially because it's within the monologue as well. Yeah. So I never even... Yeah. And I think there was a pressure as well when I first started delivering it. There was a pressure to not give away... Like, you hear it, yeah. but I'm trying... It's like you get to it, you know. Like, oh my gosh, I'm saying the thing that like, everyone knows it. Okay, now, oh, I have to say it this way. Oh, okay, no, the direction's been. Say it like it's. Yeah. So in my head, I just remember the whole thing yeah. as opposed to. It was
2: almost like a passing. Like,
3: I, you yeah. didn't
2: pick up on it straight away, but then as soon as you heard it, it was like, wow. Yeah.
3: Because I think, yeah, I think um, especially understanding speaking with James, our director, and Dexter, the writer, and just really understanding that with Leon specifically, like the characters just, that's been his life. Yeah. So it's not going to be like a big foxes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's he, he knows that's been his life. Like I said before, Lone Wolf, but foxes as well. Because yeah, they move in packs, but not yeah. to get, you never see them all together. They're all, they're <laughs> scattered across a road doing their own thing. Then they'll come back together. They're not, do you know what I mean? And that's exactly what it is. So it was always, um, understanding that that was something that he knows and if you probably ask Leon or see Leon privately you would see that he already describes himself as a fox but it's the first time that it it's said and mm-hmm. the only time it's said in the play mm-hmm. so yeah Can I just say as well
2: um, and also the fact that they come out at night so we mm-hmm. were speaking to the director it's also the idea that you don't see them in the light you see them in the dark mm-hmm. and that's when you see boxes as well in the dark yeah that's, that's right the hiding, you don't see them out yeah, yeah.
4: So you would never know yeah, you just yeah. wouldn't know thank
0: you <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyone else with a question uh both hands up let's go let's go, let's go. Let's
6: thank you um just wanted to obviously commend the cast on such a brilliant I um, wanted to comment on the ending, actually. I think at first I was a bit taken <laughs> back, like, oh, y'all done? <laughs> but, um, I think like, I was <laughs> like, oh, that was the intuition? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but um, looking back at it now, I think um, to both the director and the writer, especially that um, it would have almost been dishonest and altruistic to end it in a manner where... The ones that oh yeah oh cool everything's good. yeah mm-hmm. um so I think that's great and then my actual question back to that is um to both of you um if you could change or add one thing to your character in terms of their relationship to I guess um, the queer community um, acceptance and religion in a sense um what would that be?
4: Oh wow!
0: pressure to make you think.
4: God, realistically, playing Patricia, I. Uh, wow, you'd I think Patricia, you'd have to ask her in about, you know, a year's time or maybe five years time. She's not there yet. Mm-hmm. She's just not there. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I I that that's what I I think with her. She's just not at the end of the play she, she, she's just about managing what she's got mm-hmm. you know that's where she's at I don't yeah. think she can manage anything more than that but going forward I think that it would be Patricia having the courage to ask her son a question about how she's do, how he's doing mm-hmm. and who he's in relationship with because there would be you know Mira's getting on with her life the child is growing up my granddaughter's doing really well but he, there's still no other woman mm-hmm. he would mm-hmm. after he would have to mm-hmm. she would have to ask the question mm-hmm. and I think she'd be strong enough to be able to ask it
6: mm-hmm.
4: you know a place of radical acceptance mm-hmm. and therefore love mm-hmm. that's what I think
3: Could you repeat that? Because I felt like there were two mixed. Or no, the question again. Sorry. Um,
6: So, (coughs) my question is, if there's one thing you could change or add to your character in relationship to, I guess queer community acceptance, love, and community, um, what would that be?
3: Leon, seeing, I think in in the foxes monologue, he says, um, "If they are white, no." All I see is white men holding hands, or if they are black dads and I don't wanna be a rascal Clark woman. Mm. And it was, I think it would be the acceptance of other people within the community
6: mm-hmm.
3: because um, it was really having conversations with Dexter, with James, but also having conversations with other people and just being like, because within that same scene or whatever, it's man ain't gay. You feel me?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: But Leon seems to, not even seems, Leon is gay, says he is, but then has this kind of dismissal or dismissive behavior to everyone else, even though he's accepted he is, mm-hmm. which for me, it felt like, it was very interesting. It was just a very interesting, and maybe it would be about exploration of i would say exploration of Spectrum. yeah because it just felt very like no huh?
6: it's like <laughs> <laughs> but for someone
3: that's accepted yeah do yeah. you see sure what
0: i'm saying which so i think it would be more of an exploration of that yeah thank you um to, just to expand on that i think you made a really good point there actually with Leon because like, he's accepted that he's a gay man, but I guess like the way that Leon is seeing kind of like his queerness, so to speak, mm-hmm. I guess like it's just purely like sexual, like relationship, like doing things with other people. Some might say reductive, but I think like with Leon, like I said, that acceptance still needs to come. And I think when he does, I think it's like, it's more than just like who you go to bed with, mm-hmm. who you're seen out with, but it's more like the way you see the world. Yeah. and I think like for Leon's character that's kind of like something that you would really hope that he got to like come to terms with and really explore mm. later on down the line mm. whether that actually would happen for him or not can, nobody can say yeah. but yeah but yeah that's um that's just bit uh, sort of to expand on that.
4: Can mm. I say something else as well that just going feeding off what you've just asked that question is I you know in the in the beautiful world it would be and I don't know whether you've all been but if you can go this year, because I think it's coming back this year, but you should go to UK Black Pride. It is oh, the most yeah. exhilarating, yeah. amazing yeah. event. And it's one of those events where, you know, you, you go and you see everybody who's black, gay, queer, however you identify as other. And sometimes you do, you see their children and their aunties and their parents, and they have picnics. And it is amazing. It's the most amazing mm-hmm. experience to go to. And I think also with Leon and, you know, with Daniel, is going to, I don't know whether it still happens anymore, but Bootilicious, which was oh, just oh, like... Yeah, oh, still happened. Yeah, don't my God. <laughs> <laughs> my God. It's just the most amazing event. It's brilliant. In fact, I will tell you a story of my own where I went to Bootilicious with my partner at the time and their uncle walked in.
1: Oh Oh. Hell
3: yes.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Mood Delicious is an event. It was majoritively all black men and it was behind the tavern i think it was yeah the, the, that's right the, yeah in yeah. vauxhall yeah and it as you young people say was lit <laughs> it was amazing it's just brilliant and when you go there you just see mandem you know what i mean mandem that just looked like mandem on road you know just black queer together in love it is amazing who can dance for days mm-hmm. it's the best experience and and I think it was one point, I could be lying, but you had, to, as a woman, you had to be, or, you know, if you're a lesbian, you had to be invited there as a guest of, mm-hmm. yeah, the gay men. It's just amazing. You walk in and there's just black men everywhere of all kinds of types, you know? But mostly man yeah, who you see on road, you just say it's on road, man, but no. And they're holding hands and dancing yeah. to yeah. Night Nurse and all sorts of vibes. It's yeah. beautiful. It's beautiful. So,
0: the thing about um, Beautylicia, so it's on, ah, uh, what is the place called? Uh, where is it?
1: Club Union. That's list. it. Saturday of every
0: month? Yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Club yes. Union. Yes. That's Saturday every month. <laughs> <care>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah um, it's still there. Anyone who's interested, I'd say for sure check it out. And I guess, like, just to speak on like the importance of Black Pride and of like, nice, like, dishes is that like, I think it's just like really nice. Like, you don't, you don't, you really understand what it's like to not be the odd one else mm-hmm. in a space that you're in. And when um when I was at Black Pride in 2019, when I'm at dishes it's just like it's an indescribable feeling to feel that like. No one's gonna judge me for the way I talk. No one's gonna judge me for the way I act. No one's gonna judge me for who I'm talking to. Mm. No one's gonna judge me for I want to whine on uh, on any th- um, any song Do anything I want to do because like I'm in a space and everyone is like me. I kind of like I guess you could make a a comparison between Patricia and the church or community and the church. Yeah, it's kind of like a similar kind of like a similar thing there. So yeah, I completely wonderful. agree with you. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Black Friday, time of a life. Honestly, yeah. I can't wait to come back. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Have you this, year? Yes, oh, it back is. this year, yes. I think oh. it's the 3rd of July. Yes. I think it is, but don't quote yeah. me on that. Yeah, it's usually the day after London Pride. Yeah. They did like an
2: unofficial
0: one last year, didn't they? It was like a virtual yeah, one. Yeah, online. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I didn't
4: attend
0: that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We had to do the podcast like completely virtual before, and uh, like trying to talk to people when they are like bad connection. Yeah. When they're gonna Uh, start? When you're gonna start? Nightmare. So all dead are behind us, (laughs) go. Anyway, I think we have one more question. Um. First of all, I just want to say well done to every single one of you on stage. Thank you. Well done. Thank Um, you. Throughout the play, I was like, "This
1: is brilliant. This is brilliant." Because I think the landscape. Of, um, black British theatre right now is changing in a yeah, way absolutely. that I've never seen before. Amen. Mm. Well, my question ties into kind of seeing affirmative characters on stage. So I love theatre and I've seen the plays that actually centers LGBTQ characters. <laughs> but this is the first time that I've seen two black men on stage intimate in that explicit level. I've never seen it before. I saw for black boys last week, and they, they touched on homosexuality mm-hmm. and intimacy, but it was not as explicit as this. Yes. Mm. My question yes. is, if I'm moved by that, I can only imagine what it does for a dark-skinned black boy in Peckham in mm. yes. Hackney. Where ha, wh- what examples have you seen in theatre recently that really affirms their existence, and what can where can you recommend? it? Because I don't think I've seen it. That yeah. yeah. Boxes. Well, yeah. boxes, yeah. It's yeah. It's also about other pockets. Sheffield, Leeds. Yeah. Where can yeah. people yeah. jut this up? That Manchester. Yeah. Team? Where can people see themselves on stage? That's the best part about this for me: being able to see yourself on stage. Yeah.
4: That's my mm-hmm. question really. I I I agree really, yeah. because I've been in this business for. Yeah, a long time. Do you like to <laughs> I, yeah, I always say to these ones, I'm a thousand years old, and I have. I don't think I've ever seen black men with being this intimate on stage ever. Not black c- men and a black n- man. Yeah, two black mm. men. Mm. Um, yeah. I haven't, and and um, it's timely and it's right and proper. And I have to say that when we read the script and when we are in rehearsals and then we put it in front of an audience, me personally, I was just like, I don't know how this is gonna go down. I don't know how this is gonna yeah. go down. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, because, because culturally we're so against it, mm-hmm. you know, we, we're frightened of it for right reasons. We know where it all came, come from. We know what happened historically in terms of slavery. We know why it's all here. And why we're so terrified of it. So I didn't, I I don't know. You, you, you know. Um, I haven't seen any images like that. Theatre yeah. where you are up close. You're there. You're there. It's an intimate in space. in the mm-hmm. And Theatre mm-hmm. Five Hundred Three, where it was at last year, is even smaller than this. You're just there. Not sure Do you know what I mean? Really. <laughs> Everyone's mm-hmm. just here. So mm-hmm. it was terrifying because sometimes we can really hear your response. <laughs> oh, You know, mm. Tossin and I sit in the in the dressing room. It. We 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 listen for that scene because we know it's going to impact you in a great in a in a big way. Do you know what I mean? But um, yeah, I haven't seen two men, black men, kissing on stage, being this intimate and open about it. I can't recall. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. I've never seen it. Um, I can't recall. And everyone that I know that's come to see it, it's like they've never seen it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people don't. Re- you don't realise you haven't seen something till you see it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you can't think about what you haven't seen because you've Mm -hmm. never seen it.
4: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And
3: then then you see people's reactions and you hear... And I think the interesting thing is, like, when you're on stage, you know what's about to come, but you never know how someone's going to react or how Mm -hmm. the audience are going to react. Some days people are just silent, like, maybe in shock or maybe just... And some days people laugh, they... And you might hear uncomfortability, some. Yeah. But you never know how it's just being taken. And then Mm -hmm. you find out at the end. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think it's a thing of, for me, when I read it, I was just like, wow, this is, I've not read this before, I've not seen this. Mm -hmm. And it's been a very, for me, it's been like a life changing journey and experience being able to tell this story, being trusted to as well. Do you know what I mean? Um, I realise I say, do you know I mean a lot now? <laughs> <laughs> He's not pointing now out Now it's on record. Literally, but yeah, um, but just for me, I'm just excited to tell a story that hasn't been seen before because it's been told but not seen on stage, and for people to see themselves and to open up a conversation, especially within the black community, mm-hmm. which is the stories that I hope to tell and have been fortunate enough to tell so far trying to further conversation to better the community you know and to make people's lives better especially for younger generations coming through so for me yeah this is the first time I've seen it and I can't even see it because I'm in it but <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> fortunate enough to be part of it yeah, yeah. can I just say as well like hope, I hope
5: I agree with what they said um, it is the first I think anyone's really ever seen this level of intimacy. And you're right, like there is kind of this change in, thi- in theatre land of you know black people in general really like having their moment to tell their stories and people are really embracing it, not just the black community but like all the communities. Hopefully this is the, the beginning
2: mm.
5: of pe- of of black people being able to deeply share, on an intimate level, their stories. That's Mm -hmm. what we're hoping for as a company, you know, and I'm sure the writer and the director also feel the same, because we don't see it enough, as you Mm -hmm. you know. Um, I think this is the first of its kind, Um, Mm -hmm. and so hopefully this will inspire other people to write about it, to be a part of it, because I know even in the casting process for the two lead characters, it was very difficult Mm-hmm. Not because it's uh, there was a lack of people to play, but because you know the impact of this story. Mm-hmm. W- people didn't know how it was going to be taken. You mm-hmm. know, unfortunately, we're really fortunate that it's been taken very well because we are riding this wave, of black theatre, and telling this story in a queer space and black queer space too. Um, but it was very difficult to cast it. I've heard. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: I've heard. Um, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I was going to say as well, I think it's important um, to just show like, also the other flip side of the fact that men can be intimate and not always be labelled gay as well, because mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. there's a lot of like alpha men who are like, I can't be intimate with you because, oh, man might think I'm moving out. but it's like, we need to create a space as well where black men can just be intimate with one another, do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I can say I love you, I can hug you and not feel mm-hmm. like I'm not. Mm. Like well. mm-hmm. I feel like even on the flip side, like I think it's amazing that we're shedding light like, on the queer community but I think it's also amazing that it sheds light that, that black men can be vulnerable mm. i like, can be intimate mm. with another black man and mm. it's not like I'm trying to put something
4: on you, I'm just being intimate with you. Yeah. Okay, mm. I feel like there needs to be a space for that as well. Mm. Like,
0: that, okay, yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, one last thing, but I can't speak for the theatre necessarily. But um, so one of the things that I try to do in Black Boy Joy podcast is kind of like try to unearth like pockets of like Black queer spaces not just in London. So uh, where I'm from, Birmingham for instance, there is like an organisation called like Unmuted from, which is catered towards um, queer men of colour in um Manchester there's one called Colours Youth which um, is aimed towards queer people of colour but like I'm you young kind of like more 16 to 25. Mm-hmm. I know of someone in Newcastle for instance who has again like set up like queer spaces for queer people of colour uh, right up mm-hmm. in the north east of almost east of the UK where That's you wouldn't fun. imagine there'd be many like many, nah. many yeah. not if black people or mm-hmm. any people at all let alone queer people of colour but they are there we do exist and yes. like, I feel like like this kind like this kind of time is one where we're really starting to like get out there and kind of like spread our message or whatever it is out into the world. So I just wanted to yeah, just wanted to say that. Is there any more questions or Okay, well, I guess I just wanted to say that um go feeding back off your point that I don't think I've really seen much like in any medium necessarily that I feel I could see myself in characters and I could see situations that I relate to and that was definitely the case with Foxes so I just want to thank both of you for your fantastic performances for like I said like making me as a black gay boy to a black queer man feel mm-hmm. seen and oh. that never that never usually happens so nice. I want to thank you for that um Thank if people you. want to follow you or anything or if people want to get in touch with you, how could they do that? Do you have like handle on Instagram, Twitter?
4: Insta.
2: <laughs> 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 say, an Insta queen. literally. Where is that trying to get ready? Your mum will be like, I need to post this picture. Inverted dam story. Literally. Tell them Instagram. I'm on
4: Insta. And it's storing, I think. It's at Doreen Stock. So my name is, is Doreen it? Blackstock, so I've just shortened it. So, yeah. So, yeah, you're just fine. you <laughs> yeah. funny. I'm on Insta. Okay. <laughs> I'm also on the Twitter. <laughs>
3: <laughs> What's your Twitter?
4: It's the same. It's Doreen Stock. Okay. Yeah, at Doreen Stock.
1: <laughs> it's actually Doreen B
4: Stock. Oh. There you go. It's Doreen B Stock. You <laughs> the
3: wrong Doreen. <laughs>
4: there you go. That is Doreen. Yeah, on the Twitter and also yeah. on the Insta. <laughs> is that, is that just Doreen? Doreen is D-O-R-E-E-N-E. Oh, okay. yeah. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> There's on the end.
3: And mine is um on Insta is Anyebi underscore Godwin. Um and on Twitter is just Anyebe Godwin. Mm. So yeah. All right. My first name, yeah, so my first name is A-N-Y-E, thank you, but I spell it for the podcast B-E, <laughs> so, yeah, B-E. Um, yeah. And
4: please tweet and tell people yeah. about it, tell your friends, your aunties, your uncles. Honestly. Tell everyone to come in and, and see the show mm. and support, that would be great.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, um, I, I've been, look, this is Black Boy Joy podcast, um, our podcast is on, like, a small hiatus now, but we have a band of about 60 or so episodes that's on Spotify, Apple Music, um, Google Podcasts, Audible, whatever, like, whatever it is, Audible is not, it's not on Audible, I'm lying about that, yeah, you've <laughs> <It's> not Audible, <laughs> you can't get it on Audible, that's completely my that's but uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Podcast on Twitter at blkboyjoypod. And of course, uh, Foxes will be at 7 Dale Playhouse until the 11th of June. So, tell your well. Yes, that was another episode in the can. Um, that one, Foxes, was so special to me because I think that episode wasn't others, really showed me that no matter what happens with Black Bull Joy Podcast that I could do it by myself. So it was a lot to learn it was like very humbling to listen to myself and all those people. But this year, but anyway, that's that's um, that Blackboard that Joy podcast for 2022. There'll be lots lot more to come in 2023. So please stay tuned. Um, as Patrick was saying, I'm available on everywhere, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Follow me on Instagram at Blackboard podcast and at Twitter at blkboyjoypod But until the next time, have a happy new year and a part of 2023. Thank you.